Hallelujah. How many of you have great expectations in the service today? God will move you to a new realm of glory. Amen. I'm on my way to my glory. I'm on my way to me riding on the sky. No more limitation, no more breaking down. There has been a real day. Glory is my new day. I'm on my way by the word of the Lord. I'm on my way. I'm on my way to my glory I'm on my way Send me riding on the sky No more limitation No more breaking down There has been a rename I say favor is my new name I'm on my way to my glory Taking me, I'm not the man that I used to be anymore. He's made a way for me where there seems to be no way. It's all I've got, and I stretch my life unto His name. From glory to glory, He's taking me. I'm not the man. That I used to be anymore. He that seeks the Lord, and not lack any good thing. He that seeks the Lord, shall not want any good thing. He said he will supply my need, protect me everywhere I go. In elder and holiness, I have confidence to say, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. To Are you on your way? I'm on my way. See me riding on the side. No more limitation. No more limitation. No, no, no more breaking down. No more breaking down. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. 
coming No more decline I'm on my way to my glory land That rain is coming No more decline I'm on my way to my better days oh, oh, oh. Start on the stranger There's no more decline I'm on my way to better days and My time has to change there is no more decline. No more decline. I'm on my way. I'm on my way to better days. Say the same, just my same. That's the changing today. The is and there is no more decline. No more decline.
worship him in the beauty of his holiness. Just give him all the glory, appreciate him, glorify him. He said, enter into his gate with thanksgiving. Thank you for all that you have been doing. begin to ask him, Lord, let today's service answer to his name in my life. You have called it my covenant day of fruitfulness. Begin to mention to him, in what area do you desire fruitfulness? In what area do you want him to grant you fruitfulness? In the work of your hand? In the fruit of the womb? Begin to decree and declare what you want this service to answer to in your life. It's my covenant day of fruitfulness. No more barrenness. No more dry season. No more defeat. No more failure. Let this service answer to his name in my life. Let this service answer to his name in my life. I'm not going back the same way I came. You have not called the seed of Jacob to seek you in vain. My coming here today will not be in vain. Do something new in my life. Change my story by your word. Let every form of barrenness be terminated today by your word. Let this service answer to his name in my life. I'm not going back the same way I came. I've not come to meet with any man. I've come to meet with you, Lord. Change my story. Do something new in my life. The force of faith that makes things work is available here. Do something new in my life.
Father, we have come to say thank you. Thank you for bringing us again to your presence this morning. You have called it our covenant day of fruitfulness. Let it answer to his name in every life. Let every hold of barrenness be permanently terminated today. Do what you alone can do in our midst. Let everyone return with a testimony. In Jesus' precious name, we are praying. Come and put your hands together for Jesus as you take your seat in God's presence. It is my year of breaking limits. Congratulations. This year, you will be congratulated. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Once again, I'd like to welcome every one of us into God's presence today, into this covenant day of fruitfulness. And it also doubles as our special monthly communion service. By the power of God's word and the communion table today, I pray that every hold of barrenness shall be permanently terminated in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. As instructed, we are coming, uh, meant to come to this service with a point of contact for our fruitfulness. So in due course, you'll be instructed on what to do with those points of contact. You came with baby clothes or the work of your hand, your ID card or whatever it is, your CV, whatever area of life where you want God to grant you fruitfulness. And if you didn't come with anything, you can write it on a sheet of paper, be instructed on what to do with it. Once again, I'd like to welcome every one of us into God's presence. And I pray that the God of this commission, who has never failed before, will visit you in this service today. Every service, whatever name he calls it, that is what it answers to. This service will answer to his name in your own life. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The prophetic theme for the month of March 2020 is fight the good fight of faith. Can we echo that together? Fight the good fight of faith. And the anchor scripture is from 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. And this was Paul's account after the end of his journey. He said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course. I've kept the faith. And there is a crown waiting for me. And he goes on and says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto ye are called. And has professed a good profession. Faith is a profession. Let me tell your neighbor, faith is a profession. Many people think faith is just confession. Oh, I believe this is what God will do for me. Faith is beyond confession. It is a good profession. And what does that mean when you say this is your profession? It means this is what you do for a living. Profession is action. That is, you are not just declaring, you are taking step to justify what you declare. I pray for somebody this month, everything you declare, you will clear it into your account. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the teaching series which we began last Sunday is engaging violent faith for supernatural breakthrough. Engaging violent faith for supernatural breakthrough. And our text has been from Matthew chapter 11. Please turn your Bibles with me. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 12. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 12. 
since the time of John the Baptist up until now. What happens? The kingdom of heaven suffers what? Violence. And it is only who? The violent that take it by force. Since the time of John the Baptist till now, he said the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. Another translation says violence had been legalized. <laughs> so it is okay to be violent as a believer. And it is only the violent that take what belongs to them by force. According to scripture, every child of God belongs to the tribe of Judah. And in that tribe of Judah, in that family, we are all lions there. Say with me, I'm a lion. lion. Now, Roa, Roa, if you are a lion. (laughs) Shout hallelujah. You know, whether a lion is sleeping or is awake, a lion is a lion. So when challenges of life come our way, what they are expecting from us is to roar back. I said in the course of a week of emphasis that many of us are too gentle for the breakthrough that we desire. Life is a battleground, not a playground. Like God's servant will say, he said life is warfare, not funfair. If you must take your part, you must be ready to fight. That is why God is steering us in this month of faith to engage violent faith in order to enjoy supernatural breakthrough. No more breakdown for you in the name of Jesus. In Genesis 49, Genesis 49, and from verse 9, the Bible speaking, remember Jesus is the lion of the tribe of what? Of Judah. And he said, Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down, he couched as a lion, and as an old lion, who shall rouse him up? So, we come from the family of lions as believers, but for that lion nature to find expression, it must be roused up. And that is what God is said to do for us this month, to arouse that lion nature in us. That the situation you are confronted with needs to know that you belong to this lion tribe. And I pray for somebody here, No more defeat for you in the name of Jesus. I say no more defeat for you in the name of Jesus. John chapter 17 and verse 18. Jesus speaking, he said, As God has sent him into the world, so he sent us into the world. He said, As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. If he was sent as a lion of the tribe of Judah, we also are sent after the same manner. And we must be drunk with some brand of spiritual wine for the lion in us to find fulfillment. Very quickly in this service, what is faith? No ambiguity. What is faith? We must know what faith is before we can begin to operate in the violent dimension of faith. Two definitions we are looking at very quickly in this service. What is faith? Number one, faith 
is the master key to a world of unlimited possibilities. Faith is the master key to a world of unlimited possibilities. Mark chapter 9 and verse 23. You know, there are keys and there are master keys. Somebody understand what I'm talking about? Master key is the key that opens all doors. Jesus said in Mark 9, 23, if, you, if thou can believe all things. How many things? All things are possible to him that believeth. Not some things. All things are possible to him that believeth. So a man of faith is a man with the key to all possibilities. First John 5 and verse 4, that's why the Bible says, whatsoever is born of God does what? Overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. We have been told that it is not unscriptural to be challenged, but it is unspiritual for you to be overcome. I'll repeat that. It is biblical that you go through challenges. Jesus said it. He said, in me, you will have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. Why? Because I've overcome the world. That you are challenged is not the problem. But that that challenge overcome you, that is where the problem lies. A child of God operating by faith overcomes every challenge of life. Mark 9 and verse 23, that's what the Bible says. If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And we saw also further in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12. To buttress the fact that life is a battleground. He said, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Listen to this. The challenges we are confronted with, they are not physical challenges as it were. They are essentially spiritual challenges. Everything you see in the physical has a spiritual undertone. And it says, these forces we are contending against are rulers of darkness of this world. Spiritual wickedness in high places. So that your cry does not move them. And he goes on to tell us one of the forces available to us to overcome those challenges, verse 16. He said, above every other armor that you take, take the shield of faith, wherewith you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Whatever represents the oppression of the wicked over anyone's life, today it shall be terminated in the name of Jesus. I say today it shall be terminated in the name of Jesus. So faith is the master key to a world of possibility. Everything that is possible with God is possible to a man of faith. Mark chapter 10 and verse 27. Don't forget, Mark 9, 23 said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believe. But see Mark 10, 27. He said, with men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, what? All things are possible. So everything that is possible with God is also possible to a man of faith. It is faith that equates humanity with divinity. That is the realm you and I must get into for us to begin to enjoy supernatural breakthrough. 
No more breaking down for you in the name of Jesus. I say no more breaking down for you in the name of Jesus. Number two, what is faith? Faith is taking full spiritual responsibility in the light of scripture. Taking full spiritual responsibility in the light of scripture. And I'll explain what that means. Some people, when they are operating by faith, says, well, my faith says God will do it. That is correct, but that is not the full story. A man of faith is always asking God, what do I need to do to enjoy this breakthrough? Because with every breakthrough with God, there are conditions attached. And so faith is you agreeing to take full spiritual responsibility in line with the scripture. And then when you do that, what you're doing is to command God's integrity to fulfill his own part. We are usually the variable. God is constant. Can I hear an amen to that? God is always constant. He said, I am that I am. You backslide, I am. You front slide, I am. I don't change my position. You are the one always changing. You are the one that paid your tithe in January. And you say, February is looking somehow. Let me eat it this month. And then you say, you resume. I am that I am. Shout hallelujah. You say, I am the Lord, I change not. So God does not change. So faith is you now taking full spiritual responsibility. And when you do that, you command God's integrity to perform his own part of the deal. So anytime you claim to be operating by faith, always ask yourself, what steps am I taking to prove that I believe this scripture I'm standing on? That's why God's servant, our presiding bishop, Bishop Edepo, has said, any faith that makes God to be absolutely responsible for the outcome of your life is an irresponsible faith. Any faith that makes God to be absolutely responsible for the outcome of your life is an irresponsible faith. A man of faith is always asking God, what do I need to do to receive this promise from your word? Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 1. The Bible speaking there, if you were acting diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, to observe and to do all his commandments, not part of it, all his commandments, which I command you this day. He said, the Lord will set you above all the nations of the earth. And he said, the following blessings shall begin to come upon you, overtake you, if only that is the condition you are to the voice of the Lord your God. For instance, to be blessed by him, you must be willing to give. For instance, to be healed by him, you must believe that he's your healer. If every one of us, as spiritually fervent everyone is, we join hands together and we ask to God that something should grow on this platform here and we refuse to plant anything, you will pray from now till tomorrow nothing grows. There must always be something to do to command his integrity. Receive grace to be a doer of the word in the name of Jesus. I pray for somebody. Receive grace to be a doer of the word in the name of Jesus. That's why Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8 also speaking. He said, 
you meditate on the word of God, you keep the law. He said, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth and thou shalt meditate on it day and night and observe to do everything. You observe to do according to all, all, all that is written therein. He said, when you do that, you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. That shall be your testimony in the name of Jesus. So what are we saying this morning? Faith is taking full spiritual responsibility. Those who refuse to take responsibility die as liabilities. Take full responsibility. By the inspiration of God, I said something recently. I said, nobody owes you anything in life. There are people who are always blaming their parents and say, ah, I wish, you know, my parents helped me. I wish, you know, they were there. To... Okay, now the only thing they owe you is to bond you. Now make something out of your life. The only thing they owe you is to give back to you. And they have done their bit. They have given back to you. <laughs> now make something out of your life. I wish I had somebody there. I wish I had an uncle there. You don't need anybody. You only need God. When God is on your side, he will move men in your direction. Shout hallelujah. Let me tap your neighbor. Say, take responsibility. Stop blaming others. Take responsibility. You know, the challenge in not taking responsibility was, you know, clearly painted in the story of that man by the pool of Bethesda. John chapter 5, from verse 1 all the way to 5. This man was there, and he was told that the only way you can be healed is that every year, an angel comes to steer the water, and the first person that will step into the water after he's steered is the one that will be healed. And when Jesus, the king of kings, approached him and said, man, why are you in this situation for long? The answer should have been, I need healing, heal me. But he says, sir, he says, I have no man. I've been waiting for man all my life. No wonder I was there for 38 years. I was here in the week of February. He said, if I were the man, I will stay in the water for one year. It's not a question of who got there first. The angel will steer me with the water and I, I carry my bag and go. Somebody understand what I'm talking about? It is time to take responsibility. Receive grace to take spiritual responsibility in the name of Jesus Christ. Why do we need violent faith? The enemy will always try to resist God's plan for us. 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 9. A great and effectual door is open unto me, the Bible speaking. It said, and there are many adversaries. Somebody has once said, for every new level, there is a new devil. A great door is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. But the good news is that no matter the conspiracy of hell, when you are operating by violent faith, nothing can come near you. Amen. You had the testimony of that family as they were just celebrating God for the miracle job. The enemy tried to strike. He is always trying. He's a stubborn devil. 
Always try. But thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. No matter the challenges you are confronted with, you will come out as more than conqueror. In the name of Jesus Christ. I say the enemy will not overcome you. I say the enemy will not overcome you. So why do we need violent faith? Because the enemy will always try to resist God's plan for our life. Acts chapter 8, we saw there from verse 14 to 19, Acts chapter 13, when the gospel was about moving and everyone began to, you know, enjoy the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, particularly in Acts chapter 13 from verse 8, we saw Elimas the sorcerer, where it withstood them. He wanted to turn people away from the faith. And some form of violence are to be applied. Verse 9. And when Paul was filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him. And see, he said, oh, thou fool of all subtlety and all mischief. Thou child of the devil. Enemy of all righteousness. He said, will you not cease to pervert the ways of the Lord? And he proclaimed blindness upon him. There are certain situations that will not give way until you roar as a lion. You say, no, this can't continue. Enough is enough. Doing everything to block others from receiving. He said, you will be blind for a season. And immediately, blindness came upon him. Every enemy of your life, I decree them blind now. Whatever won't let you go forward goes down for you now. In the name of Jesus Christ. That is why we need this spiritual brand of wine to be intoxicated. We shared this last Sunday that as a believer you need to be intoxicated with certain kinds of wine for you to take your place on the earth. You know, there's difference when somebody is well drunk. <laughs> a man of God shared a story many years ago, and he said there were two blind men, two drunken men. You know, there are this drunkenness is in levels. Two drunkards were talking, you know, and then when they begin to talk, at times the thing they are saying does not make sense. He said, this thing that is up here, is it the sun or the moon? Have you had two drunkards talk before? He said, the thing up there, is he a sun or the moon? Somebody says it's a sun, the other one says it's a moon. And one that is more loaded was passing by. And then they said, please come and help us settle this. I was telling him that this thing, is it the sun or the moon? He said, where is it? <laughs> There's a way you'll be spiritually drunk that the enemy can't handle you again. You know, if a, a drunkard has any weapon in their hand, you better take cover. I pray for somebody here today you will be intoxicated with violent faith. And as you begin to take steps, God will begin to back you up. Isaiah 55 and verses 1 and 2. 
There are certain challenges in our life that need us to roar for them to give way. They need us to roar. We have allowed it for too long. Isaiah 55 from verse 1, he said, Oh, everyone that tasted, come ye to the waters. He that has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. So it's not something you acquire with money, no. And it goes on. In verse 11, it says, So shall my word be that proceeds out of my mouth. It will not return to me void. It will accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. So when you are intoxicated with that other spiritual wine, God backs you up, and his word does not return to him void in your life. I pray that every prophetic word coming your way in this covenant day of fruitfulness, it will answer in your life in the name of Jesus. Two brands of wine we are looking at in this service. Number one is the prayer wine. Say with me, the prayer wine. Prayer can be most intoxicating. When you engage in it the right way. When you engage your heart in prayer, you pray like a drunk. The kind of prayer that you are praying, you know, at times... I notice this sometimes when the service is going on. Some people are not dancing before. Once the camera comes on, they begin to dance. That is not praise. You are just playing to the gallery. I'm talking about the kind of prayer you pray where you don't care what kind of makeup you have on. Prayer wine. We saw that in 1 Samuel chapter 1. The story of Anna. After... She had been going around Shiloh every year. And she was determined that this particular Shiloh will not pass her by. Bible said, as she was praying, even the, the prophet thought she was drunk. And he said, in verse 14, 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 14, And Eli said unto her, How long will thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from you. The way she was praying appeared as if she was drunk. And verse 15. And Anna said, No, my Lord. I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink. But I have what? Poured out my soul before the Lord. When you engage the all of your heart in pouring out your soul before the Lord, that can be likened to the prayer wine. Engagement of art to seek God's face over a particular matter. You know, Jeremiah 29 and verse 11, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, they are tough, thought of peace and not of evil to do what? To give you an expected end. And because of this great thought I have, verse 12, he said, then you will call upon me you will come before me in prayers. You will go and pray unto me. And I will hearken unto you. But that is not the end, verse 13. You will only seek me and find me. When? When you search for me with all of your heart. 
This is where many are missing it. They are searching, but not with the whole of their heart. You are praying, but you only pray with the head, not with the heart. When the heart is engaged, God is involved. And those are the kind of, we are listening to this, is the kind of prayer you pray that even before you leave the place of prayer, you know you already have the answer. There are, there's a kind of prayer you pray that even before you finish the prayer, you know God has had you. When your soul begins to pant after God in prayer, you experience fresh outpouring of his spirit. And that's what destroys every yoke of breakdown. That's why Psalm 63 verse 1, the Bible speaking there, it says, O Lord my God, early will I seek thee. My soul tasted for thee. My flesh longs for thee in a dry and a thirsty land where no water is. Why? To see thy power and your glory. You won't see his power and his glory on the altar of prayer until your flesh is longing. Until your soul is panting. Psalm 42 and verse 1. That's why the Bible also speaking there as the heart or the deer panted after the water broke. So my soul follows after you. You will find them in Jesus' name. Yeah. I say you will find them in Jesus' name. Yeah. How do you get to that realm of intoxication with the prayer wine? Number one, anytime you pray, locate God's will concerning that issue. Locate God's will. Find out what is the will of God concerning that prayer item. For instance, you are believing God for the fruit of the womb. Locate God's will. What is his will? He said, none shall be barren, nor cast their young. When you serve him, Deuteronomy 7 and verse 14, he said, you will be blessed above all people, and there shall not be male nor female barren, not even among your cattle. So you have a pet that is giving birth. He said, you have a right to be fruitful. Say with me, I have a right to be fruitful. When you are intoxicated with the truth after that manner, no devil can stop your fruitfulness. So locate God's will, number one. Number two, build your faith into the world. Whatever word it is that you are standing on, build your faith, build your faith, build your faith, build your faith. Jude and verse 20, building up yourself in the most holy faith, you begin to brood on the word. You begin to brood on the word and say, Lord, this is what you said. You are building your faith. Number three, engage that word in prayer. Whatever it is you believe, engage that word in prayer to the point where you know that God has had you. Engage that word. That was what Anna did. She was engaging the word in prayer. How do you get to that realm of prayer wine? Refuse to stagger, no matter the situation. Doctor gives you a negative report, say it's not my own. You know the Bible speaking in Hebrews 11 verse 2, that by faith the elders did what? They obtained a good report. By faith you can convert any evil report to a good report. So when they give you a report that is not yours, say no, not me. They say you have five, I say it's a fine boy that is there. You are not seeing correctly. 
Faith always converts evil report to good report. I pray for somebody today, any negative report, doctor's report you may be carrying, by faith it shall be converted to a good report. Romans chapter 4 and verse 20, speaking about Abraham, he said, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. He was strong in faith. What was he doing? Giving glory to God. How do I get to that realm of prayer wine? Refuse to stagger. This is what you have said. Lord, is you and I on this matter, I won't let go. I must see the fulfillment of your word on this matter. We've had several testimonies. I was reviewing some of those testimonies. 12 years barrenness. And God blessed them with quadruplet. 12 years. And four at once. Two boys, two girls. That family, they bought baby items. Four. In our Dartford church. They bought four. Two boys, two girls. They were not, there was not a mistake at all about it. They knew what they were expecting from God. That's what they got. I pray for somebody here, no matter the negative report, God of heaven will surprise you in the name of Jesus. Number two, brand of wine that you and I need for us to enjoy supernatural breakthrough is the testimony wine. Say with me, the testimony wine. Say one more time, say it's the testimony wine. Testimonies can be spiritually intoxicating. This is one good thing about testimony. Testimony is that if God has done it for somebody before, you have a right to your own. And can I tell you the good news? There is nothing you are believing God for that he has not done for somebody before. Do you have a witness in the house? So it means that if God has done it for somebody before, your own cannot be an exception. So we must get to the point where we get intoxicated by testimonies. Now, Lord, you have done it. You, we know you are not a respecter of persons. You must do my own as well. You must bring this shame to an end. First Samuel chapter 17, if you read from verse 33 all the way to 37, we saw that one of the things that was moving David to fight Goliath was testimony. David has never fought in any battle before. 17-year-old boy facing a, a, a giant who has been fighting from his youth. And they were asking him, what is it? He said, God who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the bear. He said, he will deliver this uncircumcised Philistine. The only thing that was moving David was his testimony. Now, my question to you is this. What you are believing God for, has he ever done anything for you ever before? So, if he has done it before, you can be intoxicated with those testimonies and say, Lord, I know that you have done something for me before. And with this understanding, you will do this one as well. Testimonies can be intoxicating like wine. It triggers violence of faith. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 20 to 22. We saw the woman with the issue of blood that came from behind, touched the hem of his garment, and she was made whole. After that, everybody must have heard that testimony. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 35 and 36. The Bible says, Many was 
pushing towards just to touch the hem of his garment. Verse 36. They had the testimony of that one. He said they, were, they besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touch, they were made perfectly whole. Any testimony you hear that is of the Lord can be replicated. Galatians chapter 19 and verse 10. He said the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is this. He can repeat himself again and again. I pray for somebody here, whatever you are believing God for, because he has done it for others, he will do your own in the name of Jesus. So how do we get intoxicated with testimony? Number one, identify testimonies. When people are sharing testimony, write them down. Find out what step did they take. Somebody sent testimony and said, you know, I'm thanking God. You know, God blessed me with a fantastic car. He said, oh, it's a B2 car. I saw the car outside. It's not, it's not that. Uh, it's not, I said, why are you calling it a fantastic car? It's his own testimony. Is it your own? There are people when others are sharing testimony, they say, I know it's not. Stop winking your nose at others' testimony. That's why some people don't have testimony. They analyze everybody's testimony. God's servant was sharing how somebody, you know, he was sharing and said, God bless me with a fantastic car. And somebody said, ah, if B2 is a car, may I never ride the car? He said, 30 years after he saw that man, he has not bought a car. It is dangerous to mock testimonies of others. Don't mock other people's testimonies. It's what God has done for them. The best you can do is to celebrate their testimony. Believe their testimony. So that you can have your own testimony. You will have your own testimony. Amen. What are the characteristics of violent faith? Number one, they are violent faith. Those who operate violent faith makes you spiritually bold. Violent faith makes you spiritually bold. Violent faith makes you spiritually bold. Acts chapter 14 and verse 3. The Bible says, long time, the apostles, they are bold speaking boldly and God gave testimony to the word of his grace and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hand. The apostles were speaking boldly and God granted signs and wonders. So in order to enjoy this realm of violent faith, one of the things that violent faith will do is to make you to be bold. You are bold. You are not running away from any situation. Acts chapter 4 verse 13, we're told also, when they saw Peter and John, they knew that they were unlearned and ignorant men, but they saw their boldness. They saw unusual boldness on them because of the violence of faith that they were engaging. Number two, violent faith is ever on the offensive. Violent faith is ever what? On the offensive. <laughs> I remember growing up, you know, in secondary school in those days, when you want to deal with somebody, you begin to make man say, I will kill you today. If your father born you, just come here. But when some people are still making mouth, the other person lands a slap. Where? Ah, 
He said, I didn't know you are that serious. You know, it is always said that the best form of defense is attack. When the other person lands a slap, ah, you say it's a serious matter, then you begin to find your way. The best form of defense is attack. And violent faith is ever on the offensive, not on the defensive. Ever on the offensive. We read earlier in Acts 13 and verse 8, it said, O thou fool of subtlety, child of the devil, you will be blind. Somebody says to you, you know, you know, if they burn you well, don't do you say, even you and all your all your family members. Please don't allow courtesy to make you just collect something that is not yours. Some, some people say, well, you know, you have to be courteous. When they give it to you, give it back to them. Shout hallelujah. Don't allow any negative word to land on your head. Anybody says anything that is anti-covenant, that is not of God, give it back straight. It's not my portion. You and your children. Next time he won't say it like that again. There are things that people have collected. You know, just say, ah, you know, you have to be courteous and, you know, let's not disgrace ourselves. Say it there. I apologize later. But, you know, I don't like, don't say it. Say, okay, next time I will say it like that. <laughs> Shout hallelujah. <laughs> Violent faith is ever on the offensive. Because, remember, Revelation chapter 5 and verse 5, we belong to the family of the Lion of Judah. He said, weep not. Behold, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed. You are ordained to prevail over that situation. As you roar, every devil will take over in the name of Jesus. It's our covenant day of fruitfulness. And remember, fruitfulness is not only the fruit of the womb. It covers every area of life. Very quickly, I just put a few keys in our hand that we guarantee all around fruitfulness. If you have your point of contact in your hand right now, baby clothes or item, put it under your seat. As the word begins to go forth, the spirit of God will begin to breathe upon it. If you have written it down somewhere, whatever you are believing God for fruitfulness on, just place it under your seat as this word goes forth. Keys to all around fruitfulness. For you to enjoy fruitfulness, not just in the fruit of the womb, in all areas of life. Number one, you must be redeemed. Say with me, I am redeemed. You must be a redeemed child of God because every redeemed child of God is redeemed to be fruitful. Say with me, I'm redeemed to be fruitful. So every child of God is redeemed to be fruitful. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13. He said, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Part of the curse of the law is the curse of barrenness. And Christ has redeemed us from that curse of the law. Be made a curse for us. Curse is everyone that hangs on the tree that the blessings of Abraham can come on the Gentiles. Number two, for you to enjoy all and fruitful. I'm just putting these keys in your hand. and you, As you engage them, it will work for you in the name of Jesus. Number two, believe in the covenant of fruitfulness. Believe that as a child of God, there is a covenant of fruitfulness over your life. Psalm 89 and verse 34, the highest level of relationship any believer can have with God is the covenant. Even when everything fails, he said, my covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. 
You can get to a realm. Do you know that it was the realm of covenant that Anna got to with God before Samuel was released? What was the covenant? Lord, if you give me a man-child, he will serve you all the days of his life. Uh, God said, if you will give me that child to serve me, then I will give you a child. There are many of us, we need to engage God on the realm of the covenant. This is what your word says. If you do this, Lord, this is what I'm going to do. Number three, very quickly, be a steward, or a servant in God's house. Fruitfulness is listed as one of the rewards for serving God. You know, the Bible speaking in Psalm 127, our call to worship, verse 3, it said, children are the heritage of the Lord. And the fruit of the womb, what is it? Is reward. What do you call a reward? The reward is outcome of doing something. You serve God and the reward is fruitfulness. Exodus 23, 25. You will serve the Lord your God. What will he do? He will bless your bread and water. Take sickness away from thee. And that's not all verse 26. There shall nothing cast their young nor be barren. Because you are serving God. Key to fruitfulness is be a steward. You have various units in church. Join one. Be serving in God's house. And then the reward of your service is fruitfulness in everything you do. That shall be your testimony in Jesus' name. Number four, very quickly, is what I call fatherhood connection. Say with me, fatherhood connection. See God as your heavenly father. And if your heavenly father is a baby maker, you can't be a baby beggar. Have you seen the child of the owner of a bakery begging for bread before? It can't happen. Even if there's no bread for anybody, the children must eat bread. If God is your heavenly father, then you cannot be a baby beggar. It says in Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I sanctified you. I ordained you. When I created you in the beginning, everything was perfect. When the enemy came, he was the one that stole it. So recognize him as your father. And then he will release your miracle children. Number five, very quickly, be planted in the house of the Lord. Let me tell your neighbor, be planted in the house of the Lord. Fruitfulness is also one of the blessings that accrue to us when we are planted in God's house. Be planted in God's house. As long as you are planted in the house of the Lord, you will flourish. And you will begin to bear fruit. Number six, be joyful at all times. This is what I found out. Most people believe in God, especially for the fruit of the womb. The enemy always brings sorrow of heart. It makes you to begin to see other people with children. And say, ah, God, you know, why have you not blessed me with my own? No! Isaiah 54 and verse 1. He says, sing, O barren. Thou that did not bear, break forth into singing. Cry aloud, thou that is not preferred with child. Because when you begin to sing, more eventually will be your own children than the children of the married wife. That's what God says. Don't allow anything to cast your head down in sorrow. No more sorrow for you. Amen. Lastly, number seven, engage the mysteries. 
part of the ministry available is the mantle. Somebody shared a testimony of how he plays the mantle every time he dreams. She dreams and then somebody will appear in the dream and she will lose the pregnancy but tie the mantle every night. The devil gave way. Another person shared a testimony of how we were taking communion every time. These are mysteries available. We have the anointing. You have blood of speaking. Engage all manner of mysteries. There's no overdose with them. And the mystery is available here, the communion. As you partake of it, whatever represents barrenness in your life, they shall be flushed out in the name of Jesus. John chapter 6 and verse 53. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood has life. He said very little, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life. So when you partake of the mystery, life is restored. I pray for somebody, life shall be restored to your sister. No more dryness in the name of Jesus. Rise up on your feet with me. Lift up your voice to heaven and begin to appreciate God. And say, Father, thank you for opening my eyes to the mystery of your word. Thank you for showing me what to do from your word. Thank you because barrenness is over forever. Thank you because fruitfulness is my portion. I give you praise. I give you glory. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' precious name we have prayed. The communion is here before us, but before we partake of it, all eyes closed and all eyes bowed. You are here, you are not born again. You don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Or you have been saved before, but you know you have disconnected. But you want to get reconnected. As all lights are closed in this service, all lights bow. Maybe somebody invited you, it doesn't matter. You want to say, Jesus, I want you to accept me as your own. I want you to make my life to be turned around. No more dryness. I want to enjoy the newness of life. If you are making that decision, raise up your right hand wherever you are. I would like to pray for you. And Jesus will come into your heart and he will begin to turn your life around. That is the first step to take for you to begin to enjoy fruitfulness in every area of life. Anyone like that, you want to give your life to Jesus or rededicate your life, raise up your right hand and then I'll pray for you and then this communion mystery can work in your life. Except a man be born again, he cannot see that which the kingdom of God. Anyone doing that, raise up your right hand so I can pray for you. Thank you, precious Father. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' precious name. Everyone stretch forth your hands to this communion table and I'd like you to begin to speak to God and say, Father, by this table of the Lord, every hold of barrenness is over. Every hold of barrenness is over. I receive fruitfulness in everything that I do. In the name of Jesus, I receive fruitfulness in all that I do. In the name of Jesus, I receive fruitfulness in everything that I do. In the name of Jesus, begin to speak to God. What must this table deliver in your life? What must this table deliver in your life? Speak to the Lord. Speak to the Lord. Thank you, precious Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Father, in the name of Jesus, we receive this table. And we decree that by this communion table, every old of barrenness is over in the name of Jesus. From today, fruitfulness shall attend to everyone in the name of Jesus. 
I decree the work of your hand, fruitfulness in the name of Jesus. The fruit of your body, fruitfulness in the name of Jesus. Grace to take step according to the violent faith you have received. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Anyone that has vowed that over their dead body will you carry your miracle children. That over their dead body will you be successful. Will you be fruitful in this land. I decree according as you have said it. You will succeed but they will not be there to witness it. Every indignation of hell over your life comes to an end in the name of Jesus. So shall it be. You will return with your testimony. Somebody shared testimony last Sunday. She said she attended Covenant Day of Fruitfulness last year and brought the baby this last Sunday. You will bring your miracle children this time next year. And so shall it be. Every negative doctor's report is set aside now. In Jesus' precious name we are praying. Get seated, partake of the table, and take that point of contact. Make sure that the blood touches it, and then it's done to you for a testimony. Choir. You are my strength, strength like no testimony. Give him all the glory. Father, we thank you. Every hold of barrenness is over. 
Every hold of barrenness is over. Fruitfulness is our new identity. Thank you, precious Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. For everyone that brought a point of contact, maybe baby clothes, your miracle children will be the one to wear those clothes. From today, the work of your hand is declared blessed. In the name of Jesus Christ. No more shame for you. No more reproach for you. Now listen, grace to take step in the direction of that which you have professed. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Your faith will not fail. In Jesus' precious name. Put your hands together for Jesus.